Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode two of the Groovy Podcast. Today is the 28th of May, and I'm Peter Lebrook, podcasting from merry old England. Today, I have Jennifer and Alison with me, the people behind the GR8 Ladies Initiative to support women in the Groovy ecosystem. Uh, thank you for joining me, ladies. So, how are you both? Pretty good. Excellent. And Jennifer, still with us? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> okay, so uh, as usual, going to go through some news items first, and then we'll do the uh, sort of shortish interview afterwards. So I've actually just come back from Kiev uh, in the Ukraine and survived. So I would just like to say that it was a great conference. Uh, the people were very nice there. We got a tour. Uh, done for us by the conference for the speakers uh, and you know it's a really lovely country and it is perfectly safe to go to Kiev so if you'd like to visit definitely worth one um, and I really hope uh, and pray that now that they have a new president that things are going to go much better for them so what about the news in the groovy world so Grails 2.4 was released uh, this week and this pretty much we've talked about the release candidates earlier. So you've got Spring 4, you've got uh, Groovy uh, 2.3, I believe, yes, uh, and Static Compilation and, and various other things. We talked about that before. What was quite interesting with the announcement of Grails 2.4 was that the next version definitely, definitely will be Grails 3. So we've been waiting a long time for this. You know, when I was working as part of the Grails team, uh, I was part of the roadmaps for Grails 2, uh, for Grails 3, and you know, we started two or three years ago. Um, but now it's finally coming, and it's going to be based on Spring Boot. So Spring Boot is getting a lot of love at the moment, a lot of interest. Um, I want to talk about uh, a company using it who've been uh, public about that. So that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the plugin system uh, and how that fits in with Spring Boot. And for my, you know, my own personal uh, favorite feature now is the Maven integration, but only because I've just written about it. But the Maven 2.4 plugin for Grails uh, has seen significant improvements, especially for multiple project support. And it doesn't require you to use Grails 2.4. So you can use version 2.4 of the plugin with Grails 2.2 or 2.3. So um, if you're using Maven, uh, definitely check that out. There was also news of a super f the problems, the dangers with a super fast JSON parser. Uh, I'm going to add the link to the show notes. But somebody who was who's involved in JSON, G-S-O-N, the Google JSON serializer, uh, had been taking note of the various performance benchmarks around the Groovy JSON parser um, and Jackson and Boost. Uh, I think it is, is the other JSON parser. Anyway, he made the very good point that uh, those libraries currently seem to suffer from collisions. So they use a map-based system. 
um, but it doesn't have collision detection. So uh, if you're using these libraries to serialize and deserialize JSON on the web, then you are potentially uh, open to attacks from uh, malicious people because they can give you data that will force those collisions and effectively uh, start a denial of service attack on your server. So well worth having a read. Uh, gives an interesting perspective on you know, exactly what are the costs associated with absolute speed. Now, another piece of news, uh, apparently Netflix are re-architecting Asgard, so Asgard is their cloud deployment tool for Amazon. It helps you manage deployments to uh, Amazon, and they use it internally. And that's one of their applications based on Grails. Uh, they are doing Asgard 2, and I'm going to provide a link which uh, goes to GitHub, where one of the developers there, um, Dan Woods, he explains what they're planning for Asgard 2, uh, and why they're switching to Spring Boot. Basically, they'd love to use Grails, um, but you know what they really want is the stuff that's coming with Grails 3, which isn't there yet. But Spring Boot allows you to uh, take some of the great things from Grails, such as the GSP parser and the and GORM, and use them in Spring Boot. So that's again well worth a read and may give you a hint as to what's coming with Grails 3. Uh, very small piece of news, GrooveScript has just reached version 0.5. So this is a nice little project that will translate Groovy into JavaScript. So you don't have to write any JavaScript yourself if you don't particularly like it. Um, sort of similar to the way that Google's GWT translated Java to J uh, JavaScript, but this time it's Groovy, which is much nicer. Grails mailing lists, they are going. Uh, I think they have already been closed, in fact. So the ones on Codehouse no longer exist. So now uh, you should be using a Google group, Grails Dev Discuss. Um, I'll add a, a link in the show notes uh, to talk about Grails. Um, generally around the development of Grails, uh, what features you want added, uh, or how to implement something for Grails itself, or plugins and such. Uh, but if you have like straightforward questions, like on how to use Grails or how to solve a particular problem, you should use Stack Overflow and use the Grails tag. So uh, there have been some complaints, obviously, about this. Uh, I think it's uh, maybe more manageable. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, certainly Stack Overflow is great for asking questions, uh, especially when people get the answers. And, um, you know, this is what the Grails team will be looking at. So you should definitely be switching to Stack Overflow at this point. And I just want to end up, end with one item related to last week, uh, the last episode, in fact, which wasn't last week, uh, about Vagrant and how it supports Windows guest VMs. So you can run a Windows virtual machine on your Mac or your Linux or your Windows uh, and use it for testing. So this is very promising for all of us on Linux or Mac. So I did mention that 
you know, Windows does require a license, but one of our listeners pointed out that Microsoft now offers free time-limited Windows VMs for VirtualBox, for VMware Workstation, and so forth. So if it is just for testing, you can grab one of those, uh, and that's free. So you can test on Windows. So looking forward to giving that a try at some point. Uh, so um, that's the end of the news. Quick little bit on conferences. Spring 1 2GX schedule, preliminary schedule is up. I'll have a link for that on the show notes. And GR8 Conf Europe is next week. So if you're going, I shall see you there. Um, and don't forget GR8 Conf US, which is at the end of July. Okay, so on to the interview. So. Hi, Jennifer Allison. Sorry to keep you waiting there. Um, so, were there any particular news items that, uh, or any other pieces of news that have piqued your interest recently? Um, I guess with the uh, Great Conf Europe, we're actually sending uh, Jackie Helgeson. Uh, she'll be there, and we'll have Great Lady stickers and uh, some other things if anyone wants to say hi to her. Okay, cool. So, um, actually, if you uh, Email me her name and I'll add it to the show notes and mention that uh, she'd be there at GRA ConfiU. That'd be great. Cool. So, Jennifer Allison, can you just, uh, to get us going, can you tell us a little about yourself, such as where you're based, what work you do, uh, your background in IT, and so forth? Um, so, if we can start with uh, Jennifer. Okay, so my name is Jen Strader. I'm a software engineer at a company called Altegra Health. I work for their healthcare communications division, and we're located in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Uh, it's one of the suburbs of Minneapolis. My programming experience uh, started with those uh, very horrible HTML sites, you know, those ones with the flashing graphics and the marquees. Yeah, I miss, um, I miss the blink <laughs> tag. I really do. <laughs> Yeah. Then when, let's see, so when I was about uh, 16, I went to a math and science boarding school, uh, and I had to take a class in Java. Uh, so that's kind of where I started. Uh, for a while, I put it on the back burner. I actually pursued an undergraduate degree in neuroscience uh, and got about halfway through that. Uh, when I went back to computer science, I took an elective, decided I liked that way more, uh, and I haven't looked back since. After college, I yep. took my first job. Uh, I was working in, uh, I was hired to do uh, flash work in ActionScript, uh, but that business quickly died down. Uh, so I started picking up some PHP uh, in a framework called Symphony. Uh, yeah, through I that. One. Yeah, then let's see. So I got to work on some great things with them, worked on an R&D project. Uh, MongoDB, RabbitMQ, um, did some mobile work with them. Then about a year ago, I started looking for something new. I came across this posting at Altegra and uh, thought I'd give Groovy and Girls a try. Ah, excellent. I, I have to say I'm, I completely understand the whole university thing because uh, I, I went to university thinking I would do physics. And then after a year, I was like, okay, I will do chemistry. I don't really like that physics thing. Um, I ended up doing chemical engineering at the end of it. Um, and then ended up getting a job doing software, which had kind of been my hobby at the time. So, um, yeah, I can kind of understand the, wanting to switch halfway through a, a course. So, and, uh, so uh, actually, from the outside, 
neuroscience sounds really interesting, but um, probably in small doses. Uh, okay, cool. So, um, right, so you don't, you really uh, did a lot of, you went from sort of front-end work to, to back-end work. Yes. Did you have any, any experience with Rails? Just out no. Of interest? No, no Rails, okay. Um, cool, thanks, Jennifer. And uh, Alison, how about you? Um, well, I have a bachelor's in math uh, and a master's in computer science. Uh, I started my software development career during my grad school as a C, C++, Java developer. Um, after grad school, my first job was Python and Django. Currently, I work with Groovy, Grails, and DropWizard. Uh, right now, I work at implementing a lot of REST APIs as DropWizard services. Yeah, okay, cool, thank you. So, so I've, um, how, how do you compare sort of uh, your, that C, C++ stuff with Java and then uh, with Python? In fact, did you move on to Python mostly from work that you'd done with C, C++? Um, what do you mean, like similar projects or? Well, it's because um, when I, I was introduced to Python through C, C++ projects, so okay. people were using, uh, developing core functionality in C and C++, but allowing you to script it with Python. And I find uh, a lot of people that do C, C++ also do some Python as well. It was really completely separate. Um, okay. I, I, as an independent study, I learned Python one semester at, at school. And looking for work after school, um, I wasn't specifically looking for Python. I was just looking at jobs that I had experience in the language. And Python is what I landed on. And I really came to really love that, the dynamic nature. Um, I'm really happy with dynamic languages. Um, I'm happier with Groovy than Python. Um, I especially love being able to type things. Because in Python, I always wanted to like really type, check, write at the beginning of the functions. And it's like, well, if you want to type check, why are you using an untyped language? Yeah, it's it's one of the great questions of software development, um, certainly at the, at the moment, and for a while, actually. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of relaxed. I feel that there are certain situations which are better for typing. I feel across. Uh, like across interface boundaries and that kind of thing, you know, for method signatures, I think as you were alluding to, uh, typing is great to ensure that what you're getting in is what you expect. Um, but you know, I, I've, I'm kind, I kind of quite like dynamic languages uh, uh, as well. Very comfortable with them. So yeah, um, have either of you been using any of the static features of Groovy, Groovy two? Or later? No, not yet. No. Okay, uh, it's definitely uh, worth a, a little try because you can add it to, um, you know, possibly classes where you that um, interact via interfaces that you know two different teams and working on two sides of the interaction between these classes, um, and you you can ensure that everyone knows what is expected. So I, I love the IDE integration. So if you haven't tried it, just uh, whack at type checked onto your classes and, and see what the IDE does for you. Um, I think it's a very cool feature. Uh, I'm quite interested to find out how, who is using it extensively in, in projects. Um, okay, so uh, let's forget the 
dynamic static discussion and let's go on to uh, things that are, I think are more of more interest to you guys. So uh, you started the GRA Leaders Initiative. Um, what prompted you to start it? Um, well, I often used to ignore gender disparity in my field. It just um, didn't seem like it really affected me much. Um, but then I went to the Grace Hopper Celebration of Women in Computing Conference last October, and my whole viewpoint changed. Uh, I realized that there was a vibrant community of tech women out there, although it was fragmented. Um, a few women here and a few women there still adds up to a lot of women in tech. It was amazing to realize, though, that even I had stereotypes of not expecting to have tech conversations when surrounded by women. Um, so Jen and I talked about gender disparity in our local software development community and decided we could do something about it. We had both attended many local women in tech events through an organization called Girls in Tech, but we had found that a lot of the tech-related women weren't actually software developers. Mm -hmm. Also, at our local Groovy meetup, we were routinely the only women there. So we decided to bring Groovy Grills education to women in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Um, our audience so far has been otherwise tech-related women with either some or no programming experience. Okay. Uh, and are you sort of, uh, what sort of numbers are you, are you getting? Are you getting many people coming? Is there sort of significant... Um, well, Audience. We haven't done, we haven't done an, in, uh, an independent workshop yet. We have one coming up on June 28th, but so far we've done um, uh, little presentations at existing conferences. Yeah. And so I think, Jen, we had about eight people at that at the She's Geeky conference, right? Uh, something like that. And then we did Women Tech Makers, too. Yeah. Uh, the Google-sponsored conference. And we had a few more people there, and that was about 50-50 men and women. Okay. We had probably 10, 10 people in the audience there. Mm. So, so what are your, um, do you have specific hopes for the, the initiative and what it will uh, achieve? And uh, what do you see as the, the main challenges? Okay, sure. Um, I'll take this one. Uh, I guess the, it, Seems a little strange, but our main goal is to not need great ladies anymore. Uh, it's not an easy task, though. Uh, many different branches of computing have been combating this for years. Uh, the Anita Borg Institute, uh, they're the organization that runs the Grace Hopper Conference and a lot of other initiatives for women in tech. They are constantly doing research into why the numbers have dropped. Um, it's actually the, women, the number of women in tech has dropped over the last 30 years. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, at least in the U.S. The numbers were low, but... Um, yeah. Uh, that's specific to the U.S.? Uh, I know that the, their research was in the U.S. Those figures, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the graduation rates uh, between about the late 80s and today has dropped significantly. Okay. Um, and so there were two two main things that uh, we took out of that uh, or out of that experience that we kind of want to try and tackle in the the Groovy community. The first is the what we call the pipeline problem, and that's just having more women uh, in tech, and that's where our education piece comes in. So we're gonna try and work on things like this great workshops initiative to teach women uh, more women to code. The second uh, idea is uh, burnout and drop-off. 
Uh, everybody knows Texas is a demanding field and the burnout's pretty high. Uh, even then, the rate of women uh, dropping out of the workforce is even higher than men, uh, even after you account for things like parenting and childcare. Mm -hmm. um, so we're uh, to tackle that, we're trying to create this network. Because uh, I know there's one woman here, one woman there, and I felt kind of estranged being the one woman. Um, but having Allison and other women that I can talk to at other companies uh, is definitely a, a good supportive network. Okay, and so um, the, does GRA ladies uh, encompass a forums and a social network or is it is it mainly focused on those uh, workshops at the moment um, you know what what does somebody getting involved with GR8 ladies uh, experience what are their points of entry what um, what's available to them well we've had a couple meetups um, where we've used Twitter to um, we, we have I don't know a hundred followers now again and we've used Twitter to get the word out about. So we've we've had two meetups, and we've met some women from other from from St. Cloud, which is another city in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, and and then we've had these these workshops where we educate women, and um, that's that's about it so far. Okay. Yeah, we're really we're really still getting started. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of ideas for what I want to do. We, I have started, so we've got the Twitter account, Facebook, LinkedIn group. Um, I haven't gone too far into Google Plus yet, um, but definitely once we get rolling, those are things I'd like to implement. Okay, and is, is a good uh, entry point for people, um, or certainly women that are interested in um, at least reaching out to other ladies in the Groovy uh, community, uh, is the website greatladies.org. A sort of a, a good entry point. Sure, that's our. Uh, it's a landing page, so it has links to all of our other forms of communication right. as well. Yeah, excellent. So yes, if you're listening and you're interested in the Great Leaders uh, Initiative and uh, getting involved in that community, um, I'll I'll put a link to the website on the show notes. But it's gr8leaders.org. Um, okay, so. Uh, it's a it's kind of a, a, a difficult uh, topic I, I feel myself. So, uh, but do you feel that in general the tech community is friendly and welcoming to women? Um, is uh, is that an issue, or is it? Do you feel that it's mainly down to uh, women? Just not really, not many coming through uh, from uh, school and college and so forth. Um, I've found that the community is generally um, pretty welcoming. I had a little more trouble in school kind of breaking in, I felt, um, to, to that atmosphere. But in the, in the work community, I have felt very um, supported and, and welcome. It can be definitely intimidating to be the only woman in the room, but that's not anyone's fault. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I've, I've read uh, blog posts uh, about um, sort of thinking about the woman's perspective. Um, you know, uh, there are various stories that come out, but uh, somebody wrote a blog post along the lines of, uh, you may think that individual situation is not a big deal, but imagine if that's like happening every day or every week or so forth. So, I mean, my perspective is um, I'm white, I'm male, 
Uh, I went to private school, so I'm part of the establishment and uh, you know privileged. So I, you know, I can't really speak to these at all. I definitely have a very different uh, perspective of um, the tech community. So it's it's very interesting to hear uh, what other people's experiences are, especially if they're uh, like women or, or ethnic minorities or anyone that's not dominant in the tech field. Um, I feel it's uh, I feel it's detrimental to the tech community to have such, you know, this one dominant group which is still white male, uh, white men. Um, I don't know if you, you feel that as well, does it not, is it? Um, do, you, do you feel a lack of richness and variety in the community through the, the lack of um, significant um, groups of, of people that aren't white and male? Well, um, interesting, just kind of as a sidebar, as a grad student, it was predominantly Indian men. who, Like, I think maybe 80% of my program was Indian. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so, although, and, and so it still surprises me to hear that the community is predominantly white men, because I'm just used to it being, um, you know, in, international students. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still feel that... Um, you know, at conferences and the like, uh, it's probably still uh, largely white men. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. Um, there are lots of. Uh, In my current uh, community, it is predominantly white men. Mm. So I, I'm not disagreeing. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Phew. But yeah, no, it's it it and it varies from country to country as well. Um, but I yes. It's. I think a lot of reports have been along the lines that um, it's still uh, male and white is is the dominant one, and as uh, yeah, I feel that's uh, detrimental. So, I'm very um, supportive of any initiatives to try to broaden the reach uh, and get more people involved. Um, so, uh, moving on to the GR8 workshops, which is uh, I think you mentioned is a, a follow-on part of your GR8 Leaders Initiative. Um, what's what's the idea behind the GR8 workshops specifically? Um, I, I assume it's short courses, but uh, are they just designed to be available for everyone? Um, who can access the material um, uh, and so on and so forth? What 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 is the GR8 workshops about? Okay. So the Great Workshops Initiative is intended to be a free um, workshop, uh, usually about a day long, uh, to, in this case, bring women into tech, but can be used for um, bringing anyone into uh, the Groovy community. See, it's uh, it's really going to be modeled after the Rails Bridge and Closure Bridge uh, programs that are out there. Uh, we've been uh, kind of definitely looking for them for inspiration. Uh, both of those groups have been in Minneapolis before, uh, and we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of help from them as well. Okay, cool. And and what a so. Uh, Closure Bridge and um, Rails Bridge. There, are, are they 
specifically targeted at uh, women in those communities, or uh, again, are they sort of more general, uh, available to everybody? I think they started as uh, at, aimed at women, uh, or at least they have women-specific ones here. Uh, but on their websites, they cite any diversity or bring any diversity into their mm. specific languages and frameworks. Okay. So yeah, so the focus is currently um, the workshops, which are are they training workshops or are they more a get a feel for the the ecosystem um, and, and a feel for what you can do? Um, where, where does it aim at? Is is it more of that training and introduction, or hey, this is what you can do, have a play. Um, if you'd like to learn more, feel free so to go this direction. Sure, it's a little bit of both. Uh, mm. we're, we were talking about having two different tracks, so one's going to be uh, completely for beginners who's never had any programming experience before, uh, so they can get in right at the beginning, but then if someone has had experience uh, in other languages, it's more about learning what you can do with Groovy compared to in the other uh, elements of the ecosystem. Okay, cool. Uh, this is, yeah, so I do a talk which is um, groovy for Java developers and it, uh, my approach is uh, especially as it only fits into uh, like 50 minutes to an hour is hey these are the things that you can use groovy for without you know throwing Java out so and I think that uh, approach works really well um, and you know for anyone listening I've sort of tried to become involved with GR8 workshops so um, I'm Definitely very supportive of this idea. I think I would love to see more training material on Groovy that's that's just available for everyone to use. So um, hopefully we can uh, get more going. Um, I, I have a big thanks to uh, Alison and Jennifer for starting this. Um, so you guys have your first call. You said first workshop is the 28th of July, June. 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 28th of June um, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah, cool. And is that, are the details going to be available via gr8ladies.org or elsewhere? gr8ladies.org as well as Twin Cities Geekettes. Okay, I'll have to get that link off yeah. you afterwards. Um, we are looking for anyone who wants to volunteer to either speak or be a general teaching assistant. Okay, cool. So hopefully that will get out. Some of our uh, listeners and viewers will um, hear and see that and uh, get in touch with you. Um, so I definitely encourage you to do so, uh, even if you're a little bit nervous about you know, uh, teaching someone or you don't feel that you have enough experience. Uh, everyone starts somewhere, and I've definitely had, you know, I started somewhere it's important to actually just go try it out. Um, people are always thankful for sort of any help and assistance. And if you know, um, if you sort of know a medium amount about Groovy, uh, I think that's that's more than enough probably for this. Uh, what do you think, ladies? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't have as much experience as a lot of other people, and I'm just trying to get out there, start somewhere. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that's uh, one of the best ways. Um, and uh, and hopefully, you know, actually, uh, GRI ladies can turn into not just workshops for Groovy, but also workshops for people giving training and, and speaking mm -hmm. about the language and, um, you know, helping to get more people involved. So definitely good luck with that. Uh, I will try to stay involved as well. Um, and we'll see uh, where that goes. So thank you once again for joining me, Jennifer and Alison. Uh, it was great to have you on. Uh, it's really great to talk about these topics that just aren't just about the technology, but uh, people are important as well. Uh, I'd love to make that point in some of my talks. So would, there, would you like to give any final shout outs or uh, throw out some Twitter, Facebook email addresses uh, or should I just point people at gr8ladies.org? Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. Oh, sorry. The the website is definitely a good place. Uh, we have all of our Twitter, Facebook, and other uh, accounts linked there. Okay, excellent. And one final question: Is it gr8ladies.org or is it greatladies.org? Uh, I kind of liked the pun of great ladies, so um, <laughs> that's what I've been going with. Uh, excellent. So we'll go with greatladies.org. So to be honest, I have no idea what the conference is supposed to be called, whether it's GreatConf or GR8Conf. I think it's GreatConf. Uh, excellent. So thank you very much. Um, so that's it for this episode. Um, I will try to arrange another one uh, in the not-too-distant future, hopefully sometime in June. We'll see what we can do. Uh, I look forward to your feedback. You can potentially add it to uh, as YouTube comments or uh, possibly on the Google Plus events page. Definitely interested in any news items that people want uh, that think is worth mentioning in the podcast um, or if you just want to cover me to cover a particular topic or if you've got any suggestions for people to invite for interview, just let me know. Uh, you can contact me via at P. Ledbrook on Twitter or p.ledbrook at kakawithis.co.uk, which I will put in the show notes because no one's going to know how to spell it. Okay, so thanks very much once more, and hopefully catch up with you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having us.